0: Okay, let's do this one last time, yeah? Spider-Man! Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Spider. Spider. Call me Spider-Man! I want that ball-crawling arachnid prosecuted! I'm Spider-Man. I want him strung up by his web!
1: Your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man.
0: I want Spider-Man!
1: hello true believers welcome to the spider-man book club this podcast is all about digging into the library of everyone's favorite wall-crawling menace and his spectacular corner of the marvel universe well at least that's what we normally do uh this as if you've been following along is uh well it's actually going to be our last of the stanley the just imagine stanley episode uh which have been a blast to record to revisit and um Joining me today is my good friend Josh Ligern, who is here to discuss Just Imagine Stan Lee's JLA. How's it going, Josh?
0: JJ, it is going very well, my friend. Just um, A beautiful Sunday here. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the time you are listening to this, you will know the outcome of the game between the San Francisco 49ers and the Dallas Cowboys later on this afternoon. So, Uh, I've got my fingers crossed for the Niners, hoping we can go to the NFC Championship (laughs) and ultimately to the Super Bowl. But, you know, pins and needles, but uh, excited (laughs) I get a little break from that to come and talk comic stuff with you today.
1: Uh, I'm very excited uh, because as with our our Venom episode, it it tends to be a uh, like, you know, as opposed to other guests coming in and saying, hey, you know, has anyone called this? It's me going to you saying, we're doing this. And you saying, all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'm always happy that, well, I'm happy that you you seem willing to oblige. So I, I appreciate oh, you uh, you joining me.
0: <laughs> sure, yeah.
1: Always enjoy talking to you, man. Well, the, you know, these stories are, are so interesting. And so, um, such a fresh take on characters that, you know, you and I especially, you know, very, very well. Um you know, like, like, for example, this is a, yep, yeah, right, you know, behind uh, behind him, he's got the pretty cool Batman, and or two Batman posters, 66 and 89 posters. Uh, wait, what's that one over on that side? Oh, this is the music of John Williams. Oh, just as good, so yeah.
0: We've got E.T., Darth Vader, uh, mm-hmm. if you can see that as well, Darth Vader, Superman, Harry Potter, Uh, another E.T., E.T.'s featured twice. Uh, this is (laughs) probably, probably his best score. Yeah. Falcon jaws and Jurassic park, Indiana Jones.
1: Uh, Oh, beautiful. And you know, you can't go wrong with a John Williams score. Um, so that, uh, which probably his last project on that tangent for a second will be Indiana Jones five this summer. Um, from what I've heard.
0: Yes. And just, I know this is a little bit of a tangent, but it's worth bringing up. Um, this last summer, I was privileged to be able to go to a John Williams concert. Mm. I got to see him conduct a concert live at the Hollywood Bowl, and it was a lot of fun, and he previewed uh, one of the tracks, one of his uh, new compositions for the uh, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, which uh-huh. the title was not at at that point, but um, it's for Phoebe Waller-Bridge's character, and uh, it was pretty fantastic, so... Mm. Uh, It was an it was an incredible experience. He's 90 years old. Um, We did not my friend and I that went, we did not expect him to uh, do most of the show. We expected him to come out and do, you know, two or three of his biggest. But man, he had an opener and then he came out and did like eight or nine songs and then did an encore. Um mm-hmm. with a few more. So uh probably the most energetic 90-year-old um around. <laughs> but man, it was it was such a cool
1: experience
0: and and a privilege to have been able to see that.
1: Um it's uh on, on the John Williams tangent for just another minute, um uh showing my my daughter uh the the first the first two Superman movies. Mm-hmm. And uh and I said and I, was, I was like, listen, listen, you can hear it. You can hear him go, bah, 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 superman, mm-hmm. you know, like just uh Yes. And, and, she, and she was just like, and, and she was, you know, kind of interested in it. Um, You know, I was like, well, let's, let's get past all the Krypton stuff, which is a little boring to a three-year-old um, yes. <laughs> or let's face it the 30-year-olds as well. <laughs> but yeah. uh, it, uh, and we'll get to the, to the meat and potatoes of the story. Um, But that yeah. was, that was a lot of fun. And I liked seeing her get into it. because um, so that's the stuff we grew up with, right? You know, just. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's, um, Look, I mean, you know, there's, there's that debate going on on Twitter about uh, Hans Zimmer versus John Williams. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in my opinion, both are, both are excellent. Both embody Superman in different ways, but you know, there's just something about that Superman score that is elevated and, and takes it to another level. And, and, you know, I wouldn't mind, um, I i don't know what James Gunn is going to do with the new DC universe, but mm-hmm. Um, I would not mind if he brought that score back. I mean, I think that's pretty iconic, but we'll we'll have to see what what he has in store uh, for the new d c universe when it comes out.
1: i I'm super excited to see what he wants to do. Um, and you know, in based on like peacemaker and suicide squad, um and even what he was doing with all three of the guardians, or the third one isn't out yet, but the trailer for the third one at least. I, I'm confident we're we're in good hands uh, going oh, forward.
0: Absolutely, absolutely.
1: So this is, just imagine Stan Lee's uh, JLA, uh, obviously written by Stan Lee, penciled by Jerry Ord, pencil and inked by Jerry Ordway and David Barron, uh, colored by David Barron, and lettered by Bill Oakley, was released in uh, February of 20, or, uh, 2002. So,
0: um, 2002 as some now say
1: yes (laughs) you know i'm so used to 2023 or something that you know i don't like oh that's right like gosh like feels like forever ago um but uh you know it's it's so great to to read you know and and to read how stanley interpreted these characters because it's it's really great because you know we were saying off mic you know oh so this is also you know his take on the doom patrol you know um mm-hmm. death which consists of Deathstroke and parasite and uh, blockbuster <laughs> and um and of course a virgin kind of of damien dark you know or in his versions called dominic dark um and i found that to right away just be such a cool fun easter egg where you can just imagine michael uslin who you know we're you know we know as the the big Batman producer, his name is on pretty much every Batman project since, uh, or the actual Batman project since 1989. Um, you know, who kind of, you figure he probably just put some names in front of him and said, hey, well, th- well this guy, you know, he's got an iPad, his name is Deathstroke. And then in Stanley's head, he's like, oh, what if, he, you know, he? we call him that because when he touches people, they die. You know, it's just such a, in, you know, it, but even, you um, the way he uh, reimagined uh, Parasite, the way Jerry Ordway was drawing him, looked very much like um, NamUs escaping him, but the genie from uh, the Justice Society, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought that was, again, kind of a nice... Th- what's that? Yeah. Oh, no, I said... I,
0: I, just, I was just thinking, what what's that character's name? Um, yeah, I. I enjoyed this a lot look i remember when i was a uh when and when when i was this came out when i was about 14 or 15 years old and Mm -hmm. um it was when i first started seriously reading comics um for the first time and Mm -hmm. um i you know and i remember being on the batman on film message boards back then (laughs) um reading all you know typing stan lee's coming out with dc characters isn't that exciting because i was just so naive at that point <laughs> and everybody pointing out to me you know this is just just after the 90s just after the the era of you know the dark characters or whatever right and um and the darkness and comics and comics being edgy and all that sort of thing it was still kind of in that period and i remember people saying to me nah stan lee you know he created these characters, but the man hasn't been a good writer for years, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it was such mm-hmm. a cynical kind of time. And sure. you know what? I mean, <laughs> there are elements of this that are pretty ridiculous. That being <laughs> said, though, I I don't think it's deniable when you read the story how imaginative Stanley was, why he had the kind of career that he did. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, he uh you know, he 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 took all of these characters and and reimagined them and gave them new origins and and are are some of them silly? Yes. Is does does this feel like a time capsule of like it's time <laughs> in certain yeah. ways? I mean, the things, the, some of the things that were making me laugh were the publicist Lois Lane. Like, yeah. <laughs> that is, that's such an artifact of like the late 1990s, early aughts. You know, that sort right. of period of like that character and everything, you know, the the mm-hmm. media hungry publicist. And and I also thought it was interesting that, you know, Stan Lee lived in New York as a young man. And when he was creating the Marvel universe, basically centered everything in New York city, you know, it's all right. in the same place. Fantastic four are there. The, um, the uh, Spider-Man is there. Right. Uh, the X-Men are in Westchester County, just outside of New York. City, right. uh, you know, it's it's just it's everything centered in New York, um, whereas with the DC universities reimagined, everything's centered in Los Angeles, uh-huh. which is also where he lived <laughs> at the <laughs> time when he was writing things. So, right, um, a lot a lot of really fun fun things. Um, you know, uh, I remember reading the individual issues and, and this one years ago um mm-hmm. when, when they first came out but um it was it was fun to kind of uh go go back through the pages and and to be in awe of just stanley's storytelling power um however funny some of the details are oh another thing it's hilarious that people told me that this was going to be a light kind of kids fair the
1: mm-hmm. story
0: opens with three different versions of the death penalty occurring <laughs> like,
1: yes yeah talk it, about it... being dark it I I thought that too. It was you know, and it it kind of like Stan Lee wasn't you know for the most part, he could write dramatic stuff. Like you read some of especially like some of the Fantastic Four stuff, the stuff he did with the Thing back in the day, mm-hmm. really dark and grounded. And his Hulk was that way too, of course. Um, but uh, and he, well, even like Spider Man's origin is pretty dark when you think about it. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I I really appreciated that. He wasn't afraid to kind of toe the line there and and yes it starts off with like the three people about to be executed you know for various crimes and but i also like that he 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 does what stanley always does he kind of is is talking directly to the reader like hey you know they're about to be executed but i'm not going to tell you what they did in case young readers are reading this you know oh yeah And, (laughs) and, and and you know i've said this on other episodes that you know stanley would probably say well that's just cuz i'm a lazy writer and that's how i do it but i, I you know I, I would i would argue no i think that that's kind of creative you know it it allows for more real estate to go into the the story itself rather than it's like you know what, what do we need to know about these guys they're bad people and they've associated with a badder person and now they're going to fight the justice league Like, that's good enough you know like that's... You know, with this one shot, that's all we really needed. And maybe if we were doing, or he was doing, like, a, a regular series, like, if he was doing, like, a six-issue Justice League series, he would have done more. Um, but that wasn't the assignment. That's what, not what he wanted to do. And um, and that was fine with me. You know, sometimes it's, um, I've said this on a couple episodes I've recorded that, that are coming out soon, where it's, like, sometimes it's nice just to have the, the one-and-done, like, quick, you know we're not dealing with peter parker's you know tragedy all the time you know we're dealing we're just yeah. having a, a fun adventure with these characters that's totally cool with me oh, you
0: know <laughs> absolutely the fun oozes from every single page that you read yeah. also i love that i love stan's appreciation for alliteration when it comes to names you know yes <laughs> zane williams maria mendoza um i'm probably missing more uh, he picked damian dark which is a which is an existing dc character but as you pointed out he renamed him dominic dark for some right. reason yeah, um yeah. but you know it's like of course that's the villain that he picks you know yeah. um uh <laughs> it's like that that use of alliteration is is a lot of fun with these characters
1: and, and i like that this uh it, it gets to be a um it gets to be its own thing, you know. So yeah. because I I think it it wouldn't have it wouldn't have hit me as as such a fun issue if this was just Stanley doing Justice League Year One with Bruce Wayne and Clark Kent, you know. Oh, yes, it, it's it's much more interesting and and we can forgive the the wackiness of it because it's his.
0: Absolutely, know? yeah, yeah.
1: And another thing I think is important for
0: people to understand, you know, especially some younger listeners. Um, Mm -hmm. who have only been around, uh, since, you know, the Avengers kind of first hit the big screens, you know, over a decade ago now, Mm -hmm. um, something to keep in mind is that didn't exist. Like the Avengers didn't exist in 2002. Like nothing like that had ever been done before, um, in, in media beyond comic books. Like obviously the Avengers existed in Marvel comics and mm-hmm. the Justice League existed in DC comics um in fact this is called just imagine stanley's jla because while this was happening mark wade's excellent jla run was going on and right. so um it's you know they they called it just imagine jla instead of just imagine the justice league mm-hmm. but um like like i think so for example <laughs> wonder woman has taken on new life in yeah. the comics in the since the 2017 movie uh-huh. because gal gadot has personified her in a way that hadn't been done before and so wonder woman's comics saw a lift in in their quality in my opinion um she became a central character that people wanted to use for their events uh-huh. uh, you know um, dark Knights, death metal like She's or Dark Knight's Metal, sorry.
1: so <laughs> well, both of them really, yeah. Yeah.
0: She she's the central character of those books. And yeah. so it's like uh she began to be used more. So I guess the point that I'm trying to make is is like seeing things cinematically gives you the ability to kind of imagine it on page. Mm-hmm. Um, funny enough, I think like team books have gotten better since we've seen the Avengers movies on screen, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. Um and so you have to be impressed because Stanley did this without that, if that makes sense.
1: No, it 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 totally does because uh, I, I love the way you put that because even in animation at the time, there really wasn't like an Avengers cartoon. You know, there was yeah there there was one I think in the late nineties after the Spider-Man show. Oh, it was awful. Exactly. You know, I, I think it only lasted a few episodes. Um, yeah. Where, but you could have like, a lot of the characters appeared in, in either in the X-Men cartoon or the Spider-Man cartoon, um, you know, but, but they, they had individual cartoons, right. You know, there was an Iron Man cartoon there was a, um, a Fantastic Four cartoon and a Hulk cartoon, which I loved mm-hmm. in the nineties. Um, but there wasn't a, uh, you know, and even like with justice league, there wasn't, I mean, there was the super friends in the, in the, you know, the sixties and eighties, but it it's, at that time, the the characters were so, you know, if you watch Super Friends, if you were to close your eyes and watch it, you wouldn't know like who was talking because they were all they all basically had the same personality. And yeah. you know, it and that's and that's just the way it was back then. Whereas when <laughs> Stan, Stan Lee was doing this, you know, he had the and, and like, you know, Mark Wade and other writers, you know, what Stanley had already kind of done it with the Avengers realized that it's more dramatic and more interesting if they all have individual personalities and they clash, you know, yeah. like they, yeah. they, they team up in this book for sure, but kind of barely. Right. You know, right. like, yeah. <laughs> like Superman. They're the, or...
0: they're the reluctant team.
1: Yeah. It's the reluctant team trope. And, and that's, and, and that's a trope for a reason because it's, it's more compelling. It's more dramatic mm-hmm. because if it was just, them going oh well you know we need to team up you know like power rangers style right you know it's like it's mm-hmm. it's not it's not as compelling it's not as dramatic because it it's more interesting that they're almost fighting each other the same way they have to fight the bad guys you know it but again because the the story is contained within just the, you know a few pages it, it, it the real estate has to kind of you have to kind of get over that hump a little bit um but, but again, I, I like that he wasn't afraid to throw in some twists there. You know, you have the Adam Strange character who, mm-hmm. you know, at that point is is kind of a wild card like, okay, what's Lee gonna do with this guy? And then he turns out to be the son of a Reverend Dark, and he's trying to deal power for himself. And it's like, okay. like that was kind of cool. Didn't see that twist coming, you know, spoilers for a twenty one year old comic. Sorry, friend. sorry, friends <laughs> uh, but uh. But yeah, and, and stuff like that just makes it that much more uh, interesting and compelling. And because if it was just, like I said, if it was just them teaming up, we'd be like, we'd kind of be like, all right, well, we've seen this, you know, like, we know how they get along. Uh, but these being also kind of, technically speaking, brand new characters, you know, how are they going to interact with each other? And, and Green Lantern being kind of at the center of it because he's connected to the world tree. You know, don't ask me how to pronounce it, uh, like y- y- yourself something like that. <laughs> yeah. And and I like that Superman kind of is the last one on board, which would be a flip from, you know, the Superman we know in the DC Prime, right? Yeah. Uh, but then I love that he is also like, okay, like, you know what, you're right. I, I have to stand with the people of Earth. You know, I, I'm a cop first and foremost. You know, this, you know, I'm doing this for Yaga. Who's it? (laughs) Like, laugh going, okay, like that. That was genuinely very funny. And I appreciated that, that bit in there because it makes, it it does make the story more interesting and more compelling. And, and I'm not just like rolling my eyes reading this going, okay, when are we going to get to the fight? I'm, I'm reading it going, okay, like, cool. There's conflict here. I appreciate that.
0: Yeah, I, I did appreciate some of the genuinely funny moments in this, in mm-hmm. this story, like yeah. um, the end when they're talking about why they're the Justice League of America versus the Justice League of the world. Right. And, uh, and uh, the Flash brings up tax benefits. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Uh, and then Green Lantern said, sounds right to me or something like that. You know, yeah. really, it just, it was, it was really funny. Um, and it was such a Stan Lee way of, dealing with something that you know comic book fans have been talking about for for a while um yeah yeah uh, yeah really funny um you know one of the things that i think what you said about conflict being more interesting than people just coming together i think that's kind of what you know when we look at the different incarnations of the justice league and talking about other media um when we're looking at you know the snyder cut versus the whedon cut Mm -hmm. i think there wasn't in in the, obviously, so just want to put it out there. The Snyder sure. Cut is obviously miles better. hundred uh, percent. Yes. Yeah. So nobody's arguing with that, but I can see what Whedon was trying to do, however unsuccessful. And one of yeah. the things that he tried to do was, look, the Justice League and the Snyder Cut comes together too easily, Right. Um, there's not a lot of conflict in there coming together. There's reluctance and all that sort of thing, but once they're together, they're a team, right? And it's uh-huh. like they're working together to do whatever. Um, the Whedon cut tries to have that scepter scene from the Avengers, right? You know, you recall uh, the Avengers all mm-hmm. standing around, in Iron Man and and Captain America having a fight about, you know, the scepter and like whatever else, and then Hulk ends right. up with it in his hand right right and it's great, you know great scene <laughs> yeah it's a great scene and and then it's revealed like it's loki's plan all along to get them to squabble and fight and, and all that sort of thing black yeah. widow figures it out but like um the you know that that's kind of what whedon was trying to create there and that's and the reason why he was trying to create that is because he's kind of cognizant of that trope from the comic books right, right. and that's and that's what it originated with Stan Lee in the Avengers and that's what Stanley's bringing now to his JLA um, in this reimagined universe. And so there, you know, that, that reluctant team, the conflict within a team, all that stuff is uh, it, you know, it helps move the story along. Um, And then, but, you know, I, obviously this team comes together pretty easily as well because, you (laughs) know, flash finally just says at the end, like, Hey, I guess we're a team, you know. Yeah. <laughs>
1: right. Well, well, Gotta Flash. I, I liked the the character of, uh, of the Flash because you know I, I've read uh, some more recent interviews with Michael Uslan where he talked about collaborating with Stanley doing these books you know 20 years ago uh-huh. and saying how you know, like Stanley was really excited about it, but Stanley was also you know aware of the fact that it you know stuff like this has been done. So he said, "What can we do to show super speed differently?" So having like the the rainbow streak behind her was a cool addition to it, you know. Yeah. Um, and even like the the Green Lantern power comes; it's almost more of, like a Swamp Thing origin, you know. It comes from yes. the earth as opposed to coming from space. Um, like and, and really? I like yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, right. And it's stuff like that that I really appreciated as as a fan. Thinking, okay, well, Stanley wasn't just like collecting a paycheck here. He he was being he was being smart about it, saying, okay, well, like. You know, and also the kind of the forward thinking of, well, we'll make Flash a Flash will be a woman this time. You know, Batman will be yeah. black, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, Wonder Woman is Hispanic. Right? It's mm-hmm. it, it's it's those little differences that that made that made this book unique. And one, honestly, and I've said this in other episodes, that I I I'm sitting here going, it, it bugs me that DC is only just now kind of doing it with because as as of this recording the Tales from Earth 6 has just come out um, you know a couple weeks ago which I read and really enjoyed um, but it also kind of had to you know shake my head at a little bit with uh, one no, Warner Brothers uh, DC and go you know it, as far as I'm concerned this was always part of the multiverse like what the mm-hmm. hell were you all like, sitting on all these yeah. years and, and maybe they just couldn't for whatever reason because mm-hmm uh of Stan's contract or something i i genuinely don't know mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it's like i would love to see this justice league team up with you know the 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 prime justice league right mm-hmm. you know in mm-hmm. some sort of you know we just had um the dark crisis event uh, which i haven't read yet uh it's on my list but um it's but you know and and, and stanley's earth is is on like the list that the flash makes right you know have you seen have you seen that you know what i'm talking about
0: so here's the thing dark crisis i'm i'm not i'm still i'm making my way through it still i haven't Mm -hmm. made my way through it uh all the way i'm i think on the main series i'm reading all of the series like so i'm reading in the dc (laughs) in the dc universe infinite app they have a feature where they give you the main series and then they give you all the sub series between so you can like actually read the entire story in order
1: i've seen that yeah
0: so i'm making my way through that and i think it's the flat it's the the dark crisis on infinite earths series Mm -hmm. um the flash teen titans and um or young
1: justice one of the two i don't remember which i know it's Young justice yeah for sure young justice there might be a titans one or two in there yeah um, yeah so uh,
0: i'm making my way through those man i'm making my way through them but <laughs> i i think i'm literally on on dark crisis it hasn't even become dark crisis on infinites or Earth, on Earth, infinites on infinite, Earth, not, ugh, on infinite Earth, <laughs> yeah so i think i'm on issue like three or something like that so y- i haven't y-
1: that's right, because they didn't even announce that it was on infinite Earth until like halfway through, I think, right? Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, I remember that from a few months ago. But yeah. Um, and, but I, uh, you know, because the way the story ends is the Flash starting to catalog all the Earth. And and I remember, I think it's like Earth 66. The way he describes it is like Batman and Robin fight extremely benign versions of, of their rogue gallery. <laughs> um,
0: yeah.
1: And then Earth. <laughs> seven eight nine is the the superman the christopher reed superman and and michael keaton batman Earth. um mm-hmm. which that to me opens up a wormhole of, okay well well which one's val kilmer's earth you know which one's george clooney's earth you know yeah yeah um, but then earth six is um and i think it's listed like the the justice league comes together with completely different origins um and and i and that like made me smile seeing that going like oh yes like You know, there it is, you know, this, this like forgotten gem of, of DC history is finally getting the recognition that it, that I I think it deserves because, you know, the, the, the pitch to Stan Lee at the time was, well, let's just pretend you're creating these characters for Marvel in, in the sixties. What, let's just say someone came up to you and said, Hey, you know what, let's just say the guy's name is Batman. You know, what's, what's the story? And then Stanley kind of works from there, mm-hmm. um, and it's like, well, they all come together, and and they're the JLA. Like, what's that story? And and uh, and I like that Stanley just wasn't afraid to literally make it his own to say, okay, well, let's say they all get together because you know Dominic Dark makes the Doom Patrol, and they're you know going and they're gonna kill Adam Strange and Green Lantern. Being the de facto leader, which is a, a new twist, you know, looks out, you know, reaches out through Earth, <laughs> through yeah, you know, ha- however gobbledygook <laughs> Stanley wrote on there, you know, through the other superheroes and says, "I need your help here," mm-hmm. and I like that they all kind of did have different reactions. Where Superman's like not interested, and and uh, and Batman's like, "Well, I don't really have powers, but you know, I if people need me, I'll I'll help." And flashes immediately, like yeah, okay, cool, that's fun. <laughs> um, yeah. Which was my a little... my
0: my, my the the thing that I was thinking when I read that was Stanley probably got the how many pages do I have to introduce this team? to?
1: All right, we'll do it like. <laughs> this. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and, and 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 he's the kind of guy that he and and of course having great collaborators too, like Jerry Ordway doing yeah. this. Um, and I love that all the, you know, that the artists that worked on these, they have such a specific style that just looking at the image, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, it's Gary Orgway. You know, like yeah. it's, it's, um, you know, uh, and, you know, the, the Wonder Woman one with Jim Lee, like it's immediate, like, oh, they're, they're Jim Lee, you know. Yeah. They, um, and I love that we can have that because but at, at the time, and even probably now, if he was still with us, who's going to say no to Stan Lee if they're like, oh, hey, you know, do you want to work on a, a flash book real quick? It, you yeah know, kevin mcguire like oh i don't know i'm kind of busy well Stan Lee's gonna write it oh well then yeah i'm doing it you know
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah by the way jj side note um uh, uh i hope on earth 789 that linda carter's wonder woman and john wesley ship is
1: the flash that's that's all i have to oh yeah that 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 has to be it you know that have, have uh, you
0: seen that alex ross image of those four together it's mm-hmm. like Mm-hmm. such a cool iconic image and i'm like that is earth 789 to me is is yep. they are the justice league of that earth
1: my head canon also has um the the superman of adam west's earth is george reeves um, oh yes that's yes. that's how mm-hmm. i've always seen that because mm-hmm. there was a uh, there's another alex Ross image that has the, you know them in the batmobile and superman and george reeves superman kind of flying over them waving at them and I was like, in my head Canon that's it, right there. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and maybe you know, on Dean Cain's earth, that's where Val Kilmer is Batman. I don't know. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, that's that's
0: great. Um, yeah, Dean Kane and Terry Hatcher, Superman and Lois.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, and and that's a, and I love that you know, of all the characters in this, you know, and I've said this before that Stanley, the one he knew the best, was probably Superman because. you know superman was so prolific especially when he was um when he was writing and i and i know he knew a little bit about batman because he was friends with bob kane um you know and kind of you know boo bob kane but
0: uh bob um, kane is the wannabe stanley
1: let's just get real real quick that that is 100 percent true uh (laughs) whereas whereas stanley eventually kind of relented and admitted that he took a lot of credit for what Kirby and Ditko did. Uh, whereas like Bob Kane kind of not even reluctantly was like, Oh, I guess Bill Finger helped a little. I don't, you know, but you know, I I did most of the work. That's and it's like, man, you're just a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> um but uh but but you know, I, I remember um you know when these were coming out, just feeling like There was just, like, a fun energy about it. Like, you know, they're not tied to any continuity, which is, I think, for any comic book fan, sometimes it's such a relief to just pick up a book where you don't have to know the, you know, the first even just ten issues that came before it, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because I think even if you were to pick this book up without having read the other five leading into it, I think you'd still be able to follow it pretty well. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, maybe hopefully you'd be encouraged to go pick up the other books. Um, but I, I think for the most part, it stands up on its own really well. Because in the other five, um, you know, Dominic Dark was kind of seated throughout it. Um, but usually they were dealing with whatever, whoever they were fighting. And, you know, Dominic Dark was sort of pulling the strings in the background. So it was so it's cool to have that connective tissue throughout it. But finally, getting to—that's why I was excited to finally get to this. Like, okay, so here we are. Like, they're going to fight him, and then it's, you know, uh, a little, a little anticlimactic, I would say. But yeah, I—I I imagine that there's, you know, because there's still like five or six other issues that are past this. that i, I and I still need to catch up on because I read um, Stanley's Robin, which was I, I remember liking back in the day. And uh, and you know, he has there's Stanley's Sandman, there's Stanley's um Shazam, which is wildly different from the story we're used to, mm-hmm. um, and then and then uh Stanley's Crisis, which is pretty cool, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. but uh, but as far as this one goes, it's it's nice that like you were saying, like, how many pages do I have? Like, okay, like, and he was I think he was good at filling up the book with what exact what it what it needed because a lot of yes. A lot of writers, like, you know, one of my favorites, obviously, Jeff Johns, I think he he tends to, you know, if you read it like a six-issue six arc of one of his books, he tends to have these big, huge ideas. And then by the end of it, it's like, oh, shoot, I need to finish it, <laughs> you know? And then, yeah. and then yeah. the ending's a little rushed, whereas in this case, like, Stanley was smart enough to say, okay, if I have, you know, 40-some pages, you know, he he could plot it really, really well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of, that's kind of how three jokers was. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: yeah. Yeah, it was. <laughs> um, that I, that I, one could have, that one, that one could have used four or five issues. <laughs>
1: uh, I, I totally agree with that. And, and I love three jokers. Don't get me wrong, but it, mm. uh, it, it, you know, Jeff Johns, I think limits himself with the, the stuff he can do. And which is sort of annoying when you think about it. It's like, can't you just kind of write your own ticket at this point? Like,
0: <laughs> you do one
1: want to greatest writers for the past 20 years like come on man <laughs> yeah <laughs> um
0: totally was- no but stan stan is the master at this point i mean you can clearly see he's a man he knows what he's doing mm-hmm. um you know talking about the diversity thing um it's it's diversity in a very 1990s uh early 2000s way but i was laughing at some of the like <laughs> problematic stuff in it as well like Mm -hmm, the way mm -hmm. that stan writes black characters sometimes is a little bit cringe you know yeah yep (laughs) what was that Uh, book that came out a few years was it was it black panther and it was just like like it was like so like it was miles morales black panther so you remember that oh yeah remember that um or maybe it wasn't black it was it was one of those miles Morales books remember those it, books that they did where Miles Morales was like every character in the in yeah Marvel lore
1: it was and, a series of what if books yeah yep yeah yep. and
0: miles Mor- and they 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 like I remember just like some of our uh Mutual follows on Twitter um mm-hmm. uh, who are black were posting the screenshots of by a white writer i don't remember who it was but it was just like oh my gosh this is so cringe and there's mm-hmm. some of mm-hmm. that here too there's some yep. of that here too like the way that to the you know batman and um parasite who are the two black characters are written sometimes as like yikes
1: you know yeah it feeling like it's written by someone who thinks you know like oh well you know black people talk a little different right you know it's like yeah well, you know, it's not like that, and you know, um, but like Bendis has done that too. And you know, he created Miles Morales. Like, there's oh, been, yeah. sometimes I've read some of his stuff where I'm a little bit like, Ugh, I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> maybe, maybe that's how your kids talk, ironically, because you yeah, know, he has a litter of adopted children, but yeah, you know, mm-hmm. but again, it's there's also a uh, I, I was reading the, the Green Lantern issue too, and there's some. And even some of the way like some of the women are written too, is a little problematic, you know? Kind oh of yeah. Well, the
0: way that the, you know, the female has taken over his body, you know, it's, yeah. like, it's, it's, uh, some of that's like, Oh God, Stan. But you know, I mean, Stan's a creature of his time. Like, right. you know, it's not good. I'm not endorsing it, but it's, you know, it's, it's, you, it, it it's a product of its time, you know?
1: And, and it's also not meant to be offensive. You know, like yeah. I can see where someone would be, but it's mm-hmm. it's not him trying to talk down to anybody. It's mm-hmm. just like in his mind, he's like, Well, this is this is the way they talk, right? Sure, why not? Um yeah. as opposed to even if he had just maybe gone down the hall at DC Comic a little bit and found, you know, a, a black person and could have been like, Hey, like, is this okay? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah totally. who knows? You know, who knows? <laughs> um, Dwayne,
0: Dwayne McDuffie was still alive during this time. He could have
1: Oh, Yeah. Longer. He, I think he was doing. He was probably doing static at the time. Um, Oh yeah, I think so. That was early 2000s. That was that was that was an amazing show, Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. and uh, and the comic as well, really really good. Um, Um, But you know, even whatever, (laughs) that's that's a a whole other thing. Um, But you know, it it's such a interesting, uh, you know, and I kind of wish DC would would do this more. Is is just let creators just come in and and just. You know, tear up, you know, tear up the sandbox, so to speak. Ooh, um,
0: this is an interesting question, JJ. Here we go. Who would you like to see reimagine either the Marvel universe or? Okay, we can do this. Okay. What profi- prolific DC writer would you like to see reimagine the Marvel universe, and which prolific Marvel writer would you like to see reimagine
1: the DC universe? Ooh. I'd probably give it to, to Jeff Johns. Like, if you were to
0: mm-hmm.
1: give Jeff Johns, like, the Avengers, and, and like, people, let's say, like, it's the movie cast, right, of the first mm-hmm. film, so those six mm-hmm. characters. So rewrite them. How would they be? And I think he could do it. Um, as far as Marvel goes, I... Um, hmm. he's He's written for DC, too, but I'd probably give it to Jason Aaron, because I think Jason Aaron has written some really... Um, incredible stuff. I mean, so much so that two of his ideas were used in Thor: Love and Thunder, right? You know, the Jane Foster Thor and uh, Gore the God Butcher. Um, mm-hmm. so obviously his work in just a, a short amount of time has already influenced one of the the big Marvel movies. So I wouldn't. So I'd love to see his take on, and he's he's written some DC stuff. Um, but I I'd love to see if, if they were just like do what Stanley did, you know, do a new Justice League, you know, and again, maybe with the movie cast, right, you know, so you have Cyborg and Batman and Wonder Woman, Superman, but what what would you do with them? Um, And it's like, I I wish stuff like that would happen a little bit more often, because as fun as it is having the, you know, the alternate Earth, where it's like, oh, well, this is the Dark Knights of Steel Earth, you know, this is the deceased Earth, right, Um, you know, this is the you know, the, the movie earth, right. The seven, eight, nine earth. Um, I, um, I would love to see, you know, more innovation where it's like, well, let's do, let's do just like a wildly radical take on Batman. That's, you know, completely different than what we've seen before. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. and the funny thing is that reading this, um, is that I'm sort of like when Batman's talking, I, I'm hearing Phil LaMar as yeah. Green Lantern, right? You know, yeah. like that's how he,
0: that's how he kind of
1: looked, even in the way. I mean, this was before. I should know this was during it, wasn't it? Definitely uh, yeah. came out in 2001. Yeah, um, yeah. So it had just premiered. Yeah, yeah. So um, I, and that may or may not have been in uh, their minds when they were drawing it, um, but because I think it was Joe. Hubert that did the, the batman one um mm-hmm. and then and this was jerry orway obviously but you know to me i was like well he kind of looks like john stewart you know so that's kind of mm-hmm. cool and mm-hmm. um and even um and then you have uh superman who just you know he doesn't look at all like clark kent he looks kind of
0: he looks like flash gordon
1: yeah know. he does he does there you go <laughs> like, i couldn't i couldn't think of uh couldn't think of the name but yeah yeah, yeah uh Mm -hmm. even the costume like a little bit was was flash gordon Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and and stuff like that where you just would imagine that you know and there's kind of nobody else like dan lee anymore right (laughs) yeah um so i would and again
0: this has kind of already happened in a sense with okay with this character but i would like to see grant morrison reimagine the marvel universe either like stanley did here or like he did with x-men uh-huh. grant morrison did that iconic run of x-men yeah uh, in the 2000s and while it wasn't what this was it was a reimagining of that world and right, right. i think that they would just do an incredible job with with um with the marvel universe and reimagining it and you know their batman run is something that is like like that a little bit too right it Uh takes it took grant morrison was kind of the first writer to take on batman and sort of inch him away from the dark knight frank miller kind of mode of batman and into the more like swashbuckling zany kind of you know like crazy world uh that his run or their run sorry on batman was and so um so yeah so i i'd I'd like to see grant take on the marvel universe uh uh, more widely i think on the dc side you know obviously there aren't very many writers like stan lee Uh uh brian michael bendis is kind of taking on a lot of DC <laughs> characters. I yeah, I Brian since left DC, right? He's not exclusive to them anymore.
1: I I'm not sure um yeah. because it was it was this I was thinking about that cuz I was rereading his uh Man of Steel run uh over the uh last weekend and and I was thinking a lot about that where it was like, you know, it, it was this whole big deal about him coming in and he did the the batman book for like the walmart books the batman mm-hmm. universe story which is really good mm-hmm. uh even even his superman i think for the most part was pretty good it just it kind of petered out towards the end there mm-hmm. um like something like you know superman's identity coming out that should have been like the biggest thing that happened that year and it mm-hmm. kind of wasn't which was strange um and i enjoyed most you pretty most of his run um, but yeah, you know it. It's it sort of, you know. So, so I don't know what like, where where just kind of stands these it, days. His, um, his
0: young Justice was pretty good, and I appreciate. Oh yeah, yeah. The, and I appreciate that he got rid of Tim Drake's Red Robin identity. Like, yeah, yeah. Tim went back to Robin, which is mm-hmm. like, we can have more than one Robin. Like, yep. it's fine. There's more than one Robin anyway. Mm-hmm. Um. So anyway, so Brian Michael Bendis is kind of in the DC world. So. I I was just thinking about Marvel writers that have kind of like turned things on their heads and have like done things successfully, and the one that I came back to is Dan Slott, who did the, yeah. the this is a Spider Man book club. Yep, he did the <laughs> Spider Man um uh run, and did the Superior Spider Man run with uh, Otto Octavius becoming um becoming spider-man which was interesting right. so i would i would like to see dan slot come in and you know maybe not do it standard per se but maybe do more what grant did with with x-men and what you know he did what dan slot himself did with spider-man
1: uh-huh. and
0: creating a dc universe that kind of shakes up the status quo of these characters a little bit and yeah where, you know
1: does something well- a
0: little bit different
1: his you know he when he left spider-man oh he's he's back on it now but you know he did iron man for a while and he and then he did fantastic four and and i realized reading these books i was like if anybody's close to stan lee i think it's dan slot in the sense that he prioritizes um story and character over kind of everything else and what what i mean by that is you, you know when you have like oh he switched, you know, Ock and Spider-Man switch brains, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so it and, it and it's like, how does he do that? Well, you know, gobbledygook, science, bloop, 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 you know, it, does, it doesn't matter. It just happens, you know? <laughs> and, and, yeah. that's, and that's very much how Stan Lee was, you know, and you can tell that reading these books and even reading his original books, it's like, uh, you know, what, what sounds good? Like, I don't know, like a gamma bomb goes off and it turns Bruce Banner into a monster. Sure, why not? Um and I think it's just funny nowadays that the, on the movie side of things, they're trying to, <laughs> you know, yeah, find some sort of reality and logic in it. Whereas like Stanley in the sixties, you know, he, he didn't, didn't give a crap. Right. You know, it's like, yeah. Oh, this a spider gets caught in some radiation and then it bites Peter and he becomes spider. You know, it's like, sure. Why not? That's all you need. Um, mm-hmm. and, 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 and I think to both of their points, there, there's truth to that. You know, we don't, if we're sitting there going, I don't know, is that how that works? Though? Is that how a gamma bomb works? Like then mm-hmm. we, then we're, we as the fans are doing too much work. It's like, let just read the story and enjoy it. Yes. You know? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. And I, you know, just kind of like with DC at a wider level in the future, I kind of hope that's how James Gunn approaches the films. Um, and it sounds like that may be how he's going to be approaching the films moving forward Mm -hmm. he doesn't want to do another origin of superman he kind of wants to start him in his like already into his career yeah so hopefully james can take some inspiration um sorry it might have been lost for a second
1: oh just yeah just for a second
0: (laughs) yeah can you hear me now yep Um, hopefully you know james takes a little bit of inspiration from stan lee from this you know uh, from this and and his Marvel universe, and and really just dives into these characters, and and uh, you know lets us shut our brains off for two hours and and watch a fun comic book movie. You know,
1: and and the other thing that I think Marvel or that DC, the, the strength of DC, I think, is in the legacy characters. Like I've been thinking a lot uh, a lot about this, where you know he's already said like his it, it, it excuse me. His Superman movie is going to be a young Superman, so he's a cover reporter, you know, yeah. like kind of like how Matt Reeves did the Batman, right? Like he's just mm-hmm. a couple years in, uh, which is all well and good and fine. Um, but you know, sometimes I think, like, well, I, why don't we start, you know, kind of in the middle somewhere? Like, let's just let's start with, you know, like personally, if I was doing it, I'd say let's do uh, Batman and Robin, but it's it's Dick Grayson's Last Adventure.
0: So in mm-hmm. this movie
1: he's Robin, but then the next movie he's Nightwing. Yeah, you know because partially because I've been just devouring Tom Tom Taylor's Nightwing, and it's just some of the most incredible books I've ever read. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, thinking, yeah, but you know, like we've seen Wonder Woman's origin now, we've seen Batman's origin, we've seen Superman's origin. Like, let you know, why not start the movie with you know Superman and Lois having a child? You know, I, I know the TV show's doing that, obviously um Mm -hmm. but uh it'd be interesting to to play around with the timeline a little bit you know not be afraid to say well you know and and wonder woman is training yara floor or something like that um Mm -hmm. or you know whatever like the joke i made was like yeah maybe they should just because matt reeves is doing his thing they should just um they should just like hamlet or lion king batman and just have him die in the first act and then dick grayson becomes nightwing for the rest of the movie or something you know yeah. um so that way there's no there's no conflict <laughs> um but i you know i mean i i, I trust the direction that they're going to go in we're supposed to get you know at least as of this recording some sort of announcement before the end of uh end of january so i'm looking forward to it no matter what um but in my head i'm like yeah, you know we we when we you know we were doing marvel by necessity they had to all be origin stories with the exception of like spider-man and hulk right mm-hmm. um because at by that point everybody knew spider-man's origin and if, if you didn't know hulk's origin um well you know you shouldn't have slept on the incredible hulk that's all i'm gonna say that movie's great yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> they explained it they explained it pretty well in the opening credits
1: I, I i thought they did yeah and it was a uh, you know a, a fun homage to the the 70s show um, but... Did you liken
0: She-Hulk the line "I'm a completely different person since I lost <laughs> face, blonde, Blonde? Yeah,
1: yeah, I thought I, that
0: was clever. I
1: I was uh, reading an interview with the uh, the showrunner. I I forget her name at this time, but she was saying how they they originally thought that at the, at the end of the, the She-Hulk finale that ends up being wacko crazy that Edward Norton was going to show up at one point. I think that was an idea they talked around. I don't think it was ever pitched to him. But mm. it was the very least an idea they had. And in my head, I'm like, that would have been amazing. You know, and that show mm-hmm. was, you know, and, and anyone out there, you know, and I'm I'm going to take the, the Dan Slot defense on this one. Anyone out there that, that was mad that She-Hulk, you know, was not faithful to the comic books, I, I I thought that at first in the first episode. And I was quickly schooled by friends of mine. <laughs> by, oh, by Zaki Hassan, I reached out to him and said, what did you think of that? I, I don't know how I feel about it. And he was like, honestly, it was just like the comic book, so I was cool with it. Yeah. And I kind of shut shut up immediately and said, okay, like, I'm, I'm that's fine with me. Like yeah. I, the because the, you know, on this tangent for another moment, um, the story I thought they were going to do or should have done would have been the Hulk story that we didn't really get in the movie, or we kind of got in the movies, but that that she struggled with the two identities, right? And Mm -hmm. um and obviously there's a little bit of that towards the end but then i i had you know kind of kicked myself when i would rewatch the show and go oh wait that's not that's not what that story is you know this Mm -hmm. this is a much more interesting story doing the fourth wall breaking and she's comfortable as she hulk and as as jennifer so that's because if i wanted to watch a, a, a hulk origin or or whatever like i said we've gotten that so that was me just being like okay I'm I'm being too hard on the material when the material is is fine on its own if that makes any sort of sense Mm
0: -hmm, um yeah it's it's uh no I I really enjoyed She-Hulk um I thought it was a really really great um really great and I think it it honored Stan Lee (laughs) yeah yep uh it it very well and in it's sort of tongue-in-cheek kind of humor so
1: yeah yeah. well like we were saying with with this story where and he does it in all the in all the just imagine books and and even when he was writing back in the 60s and 70s you know when he gets you know when he's writing he he'll he'll say like you know you know spider-man swinging through the city well we don't need to see all that you guys get it he's he was here and now he's there you know, yeah. like he, he would talk directly to the reader that way. And um, and I, and it, was, it was just so funny, you know, and and kind of in, in a weird way, like a, a relief almost, because you feel like a lot of writers, you know, probably through screen screenwriting classes or whatever, say, okay, but we have to show how he gets from A to B, right? Where Stan Lee would just literally say, it doesn't matter, it's fine, you get it, you know, <laughs> like mm-hmm. got 22 pages to fill you know, Spider-Man was um, in Midtown and now he's downtown. He, it's fine. And, you know, and I think a lot of writers, and, and, you know, Dan, like I said, Dance plots very much that way. I think a lot of writers could take a page from Stanley and just, you don't need to, you know, like like Grant Morrison has said, right? We we don't need to see who built the Batmobile or who puts gas in it. We just need to see the Batmobile, right? Mm-hmm. I, I love that quote that they had said, where it's like, little kids, when they're watching Batman, they're not thinking about you know alfred filling up the, the tires or whatever they're just excited to see the batmobile and adults need to kind of be more like that with the books anyway and and to your point about she-hulk there that's of fun about it is that it gets to kind of poke fun at the genre while mm-hmm. still being it, its own entertaining show in its own right and, and and the comic books as well which i need to you know like i'm a big dan slot fan i i have it in my queue i got to check all that stuff out too you know
0: (laughs) yeah absolutely
1: absolutely um this has been an an absolute blast i'm glad we got to we got to do this and that uh and that it wasn't a a pain in the butt for me to to reach out to you and say hey we're doing this
0: (laughs) except for the timing we were supposed to do this weeks ago but and (laughs) my schedule's gotten in the way but
1: yeah Um, well i'm glad that we we found the time here and uh you know, and for your sake, because uh, I don't really care, but I'll say this: Go Niners! Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, oh So I, I i get I get invested when my friends are invested. Like my sister is a, a huge Steelers fan, so when she's invested, I'm like, "Oh yeah, go Steelers!" Um, or if I'm that at are, work and a rough year
0: this year. Oh, yeah.
1: Well, they mm-hmm. for the past couple actually, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. uh, but then uh, you know I, I work with a bunch of people that are Bills fans. So I'm like go Bill. Yeah. like they're like oh you're a Bill fan. I'm like no, I'm just, if you all happy. Well, I'm-
0: as of this, as of this recording, let's see because we're recording during the game. Oh, they're down 14 points
1: in the fourth quarter. Oh boy, uh, the Bills, you mean? Yeah, yeah, they're it's uh you know and uh, and the that player who collapsed, you know, I don't the remember him. He, Oh, that's right. Okay, so you know, God bless him, and I hope he's doing okay. I have heard he's doing good. Uh, so that's good. Um, yeah. And sometimes he's, it's a, it's a tough sport, <laughs> you know, these oh, these, yeah. Yeah. these guys get knocked around pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, why they all retire at like 35, you know? <laughs> yeah. uh, and that, uh, that's what I was just going to say. Wouldn't that be nice if we could just retire <laughs> and have millions of dollars coming at us? <laughs> um, yeah. but again, uh, but, Back to all that to say. Thanks for joining me. This was a blast. Um, sure. Yeah. And if people, fun. if people are looking for you out on uh, on Earth Six, uh, where can they where can they find you in the Earth Six interwebs?
0: Yeah. So you can find me right now on Twitter at SuperSecretJosh. Um, we are going to get the SuperSecret HQ podcast restarted. Mm-hmm. Um, and how long does this How long is this going to be out?
1: for this uh i'm going to put this out uh, as of today this this wednesday so it'll be the final stanley episode okay well i won't announce
0: my new co-host but <laughs> um i do i i i do have a new co-host so you'll, you all will have to stay tuned for that um mm-hmm. yeah but we'll just keep it there for for now um and the format's going to change a little bit so Um, we're going to go from it being a, um, sort of topical show where we talk about like a certain something to just a weekly chat show where we talk about the news of the week. So, Mm -hmm. um, I'm really excited for the future of that. Um, and then, um, yeah, I'm just around, (laughs) so (laughs) I'll show up on, um, you know, all of our mutuals shows. So you, you know, you can find me there sometimes. Yeah. And yeah. That's that's where I am right now. So at Super Secret Josh, um Super Secret HQ is about to get started with a new co-host to mm-hmm. be
1: announced very soon. And um yeah, it's going to be good. And and stay tuned for that folks. Uh as you can tell Josh is super easygoing and uh, a a great guest to have, you know. And also I've been on your show, uh, a yeah. great host to have as well because it helps the have uh, a loose structure so that way yeah. the conversation can kind of go where it needs to. Um because that's it's more natural that way, right? You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's uh and sometimes, you know, I won't lie, asking people to jump on the show is is an easy way to catch up too.
0: <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, absolutely. It's a good way to, to to keep friendships alive.
1: 100%, 100%. Um as for me, you can find me at Spider-Man Books uh at on uh, on twitter uh or uh, my personal account which is uh at for comic junkies that's f-o-r comic junkies you can email me at the spider-man book club at gmail.com if you're listening to this on apple Podcasts, please write a review subscribe get those buds in ears as i like to say as i've stolen from my uh, drama shop friends here in erie um they're not listening to this so it's point um <laughs> and uh for for all you out there we'll just leave you with Stanley's. uh Stanley's signature move, Excelsior.